0: Listen, Jason, before we do this podcast, I'm going to need some hot chocolate and some pecan pie. Fucking pecan pie. I don't
1: like it's I was sitting there looking at Affleck's career and like I was too. uh, just kind of trying to figure out the the kind of the ebb and flow of it. Right. Because he is in indie shit for a minute. And like and it, and it, look he look he'd been trying to do his own career for a really long time. For Google Hunting and really really blows up, right? Um and more successfully than probably Damon was. I mean, Damon had courage under fire. And that was really and then yeah. of course school ties, but um what they were both in. With, with, that, yeah, what they were yeah. both in. Um but I guess you could call it you know, they weren't they still weren't like getting uh, Anyway, to the point, right. the the his shit's like really bizarre because he goes from Armageddon into like rom commy stuff and then superhero stuff, and then he just kind of like goes from a good role to. And I know that they make fun of this when when they're talking about. Uh, in I think Jay and Silent Bob Strike right yeah, Back, yeah, yeah, they make fun yeah. of like it's a one for them, two for, <laughs> two for the studio kind of thing. And I know yeah. here's the thing, my my take on Affleck is I think that he. Is almost too smart to be an actor. Like and mm-hmm, to be like a mm-hmm. really well-ranged actor. Mm-hmm, like mm-hmm. I think that guy really gets it. I think he gets the industry. I think he knows how to write. I think he knows, I think he knows how to really direct. Yeah. Um, I don't think he's just not that good. Like, if you give him a stoic um
0: role where there's not a lot of emotional range, I don't think he's
1: built to carry
0: a film. No, think about how good he is in something like The Town right where right. he just kind of let's say everyone else circle around him and do this like great work and he's kind of there as like the name at the center of everything but everyone else like Renner is stealing scenes right John Hamm is being John Hamm but like everyone <laughs> right. else is doing that work right Blake Blake Lively right is is putting on some kind of like Southy accent. I'm not sure. But look. So
1: can but, we can but, we yeah, can we yeah. just say that Blake Lively's done at this point? <laughs> yeah. Like
0: what else does she need to do? Right,
1: right. No, it's fine. Look, I'm sure she's a wonderful person. As yeah, I in, bet
0: she's fun to hang out with. I'm sure
1: she is. Yeah. I bet it's great. I bet it's great. <laughs> All the free vodka you can have, it's fine. <laughs> I but like name me a name me a movie where Affleck is the sole center right. of it. Right. That's good. That's right. that that where he can carry it like even in something like Armageddon which you know you, we can debate whether or not that's I look it's a fine popcorn film i think sure. it's fine sure it, it, sure but he and he has a similar kind of affectation i'm sorry that was, that was that was so good <laughs> that was great. in that movie as compared to the one we're going to be talking about today yeah. um but but it's but it's such a limited quantity right and you can also focus on the star power that is you know, Bruce Willis in that case, who can carry a film, right? Um, yeah, Affleck. I think I think it's good that I think mean, it took him a while, and obviously I think there's a lot of ego involved in a young, you know, a young star in Hollywood. And I was thinking about this the other too, as well as like, you know, we talked or I talked about it last time about how there really no like stars that came out of the '90s indie mm. scene, but maybe you could could you could argue that Affleck and and Damon might have been. They weren't really indie darlings, but they did come out of, a, I don't know if you want to call it kind of a hard scrabble, like doing Smith stuff and doing yeah. their Gus Vincent, you know. And I mean, so there's there's an argument to be made that those two could be your poster boys for 90s Mm. art house although i would say that they're later probably late 90s early 2000s
0: yeah yeah and i think you were you were really talking more early to mid 90s than you were later because it does seem almost like a different era at that point right right right. and and it almost seems like somebody like a chris o'donnell was one who didn't sort of take (laughs) off from that right because he was sort of in that like yeah he was
1: such a fucking piece of cardboard though i know like, I wasn't saying I I was just... <laughs> like like O'Donnell to me was always like the poster boy for just like Nickelback like he's the Nickelback of actors right I mean it's just like the most middling horse shit you could possibly it's just yeah, look, yeah, he's yeah, fine yeah. look it's fine to have you know uh, a McDonald's hamburger every once in a while but you don't want that being Robin in your fucking Batman and Robin movies. But but, but
0: you just like, you're mixing your metaphors here, (laughs) right? I know what you, what you meant to say was it's okay to listen to Nickelback. Ironically.
1: (laughs) No, it's not (laughs) one. Okay. Yes. But it's not okay to even like Chris O'Donnell. Ironically, like there was a point in time where I think if you grew up on the spice girls and like, and you might have had a, chris o'donnell poster sure but like everything that he uh yeah he's just awful he is the worst
0: right you're you're saying that scent of a woman was not
1: no no i (laughs) I am saying that
0: uh uh look and if what you know for what
1: as much philip seymour hoffman as that movie gave Mm -hmm. us um what an overblown pile of crap that that movie actually is like it's so it's so weird it's like it's it's so that movie's so apologetic for like We're going to finally give Pacino something. And and like, we're going to like, because that era of Pacino and one, we don't take enough blame for the bullshit that we uh, encourage and then it grows on itself. Oh, right. So like we give Pacino the, does he get the Oscar for that? He gets the Oscar for that. Right. And then now. Every fucking role that Pacino does is who I let me die and he's got a great big ass and your head's all the way up. It. Show me what you got. It's just he becomes a parody of himself yeah. to the point where he's doing the the Al Pacino Cappuccino thing, done fucking whatever that the Jack and Jill movie. And then like it's just shit that he I mean like you just become a joke at that point. And I just I like it's the same. We do this over and over and over again where we 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 encourage a certain set of behavior. And then we're all appalled by it when it continues. And this is what happens when we allow Chris O'Donnell and Al Pacino to be in a movie together. God, thank God that Philip Seymour Hoffman was able to rise above that and, and come out unscathed. Well, but, uh, I well, mean, I mean, he's yeah. dead now. Rest yeah, in peace. So. Uh, but, uh, I mean, you know, it's a fucked up world out there, man. I mean, Hall and Oates are fighting. It's a fucking, mean, it's, it's crazy.
0: Yeah, right? it's just, I know, just... I know. And I'm still not sure which one's which. <laughs> I, I have no idea. I mean, when, when one is talking about rock and soul, it's... <laughs> okay, okay, Screamers, today, today it's a two-part Christmas extravaganza episode. In part one, we are talking the latest Fort Worth Film Club screening smoke signals, and then it's time for our Christmas grab bag in santa's knapsack are (laughs) rare exports the silent partner the christmas that almost wasn't and reindeer games and then stick around for part two where it's gift exchange time (laughs) jason has gifted to me the films a reason to believe and the lost skeleton of Cadavra, and i have wrapped and put under the tree for jason a woman kills and saint omer Ho ho ho, four and mistletoe, wild, toe, four wildly and movies. presents for good little girls. <laughs> I like that. Merry Christmas! That
1: you were worried about, or like you did, you were unsure of the of the pronunciation of cadaver. So I'm, I know that you haven't seen it, so I'm, I'm, I'm good with that. You like how I just
0: like looked at you when I said cadaver. <laughs> cadaver <laughs> i didn't even practice that before Uh, (laughs) but that's not today today
1: is today is the the the, our five films we're going to talk about uh you want to jump into the smoke signals
0: yeah let's start with smoke signals the 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 latest fort worth film club screening and uh, i'm always going to worry that i'm going to get that like mixed up again Good morning, this is Randy Peone on K-Res Radio. It's a good day to be indigenous. Let's go to Leicester Falls apart at the K-Rez traffic van. Broken down at the crossroads since 1972. Ain't no traffic really. What we are going? Jeez! Hey Victor, you need a ride? Uh yeah. What are you gonna trade for it? We're Indians, remember? We barter. Thomas, oh, you gotta look like a warrior. First of all, quit grinning like an idiot. Indians ain't supposed to smile like that, get stoic. You gotta look like you just came back from killing a buffalo.
2: But our tribe never hunted buffalo, we were fishermen. This ain't dances with salmon, you know.
1: When Victor's father walked out 10 years ago, he left behind a burning secret that consumed his family. Now, Victor is about to leave the reservation for the first time.
2: You guys got your passports? But it's the United
0: States. That's as foreign as it gets.
1: On a search for the ways of his tribe.
0: Thomas, I'm going for help.
1: The importance of family.
2: And the truth about his father. I know how it started. Nobody knows how it started. Victor, he went back for you. Smoke Signals You guys are heroes, you know? It's like you're the Lone Ranger in Tonto. It's more like we're Tonto and Tonto.
0: Arnold rescued Thomas from a fire when he was a child. Thomas thinks of Arnold as a hero, while Arnold's son, Victor resents his father's alcoholism, violence, and abandonment of his family. This is, and we should say this is in a film from 1998 with an all indigenous director, writer, producers, right? Yeah. yeah. And, and, and,
1: and mostly the, cast. And
0: most cast. Too, yeah. But right. I was, I was almost going to say that I'm like, well, no, there's, some. There's, there's, quite a few yeah. um, extras and additional pieces yeah. that are, in that are super minor characters. Right, right, right.
1: People they meet on the way. Um, overall thoughts on smoke signals I, I i mean it's an audience award winner from 1997 uh, and yeah. sundance as well as a filmmaker's award uh nominated for um the grand jury prize didn't win i don't I don't have no idea what won that year but uh it doesn't matter
0: <laughs> I, th- I think this is a it, it's an easy movie to like right i think it's a pretty crowd-pleasing film It may be a touch too sentimental for me in places, but I think largely I enjoy it because of Thomas and his portrayal by Evan Adams. I think that is the real thing that carries the film for me is how enigmatic and sort of charismatic he is in this movie.
1: The one thing that struck me about watching it last night um, was how for an 89 minute movie, it doesn't really move that swiftly. Yeah. Like it's so like I don't want to I don't want to denigrate it because I do I do like the too much I do like the <laughs> film. <laughs> Let me quantify. I do. Stay on brand. I, I do really like the film. And when I first saw it, I think I was just like everyone else, enamored with Thomas. Right. I mean that like, yeah. that and like that like like we said last night that um and I don't think we mentioned either that we one thing we didn't mention last night where I think how uh well done the kids roles actually pretty hard in that movie and and like one they got kids that look like the adults which is i think i mean was was a bonus in their in their um part but i do think that chris air does a good job with those kids and their acting ability um pushing them to do just enough to kind of convey that emotion which is not easy for either one of those kids that kind of wide-eyed innocence and kind of like bottle up anger that victor has um, but I do think that the, you, it's hard to walk away from this movie and not, especially as the, as the emotion crescendos, right? I mean, like, I do think it starts off a little slow and I do think it starts off a little angry because you're kind of in Victor's headspace. Um, so by the time it hits the midpoint and you're really kind of like, by the time they get to Phoenix and they're, um, they're off the bus and they're kind of walking and it's that whole really start. Thomas starts to come into his own about kind of you start to see more about his poetry and how uh-huh. he looks at the world uh-huh. and and um how he just kind of like takes on the 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 barbs that are thrown at him without without you know without fighting back at all and which is what he's done his entire life. I think it's hard to walk away from this movie and and not at least fall in love with that character. Yeah. I do agree with you that that it is I don't think it you know 25 years later i don't think it holds up as i don't think it's as strong as a movie as as and it's because you've seen other things like we've talked about last night as well as far as reservation dogs and 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 things like that um where you've kind of seen a building upon that that this foundation that smoked spindles lays out um but i but i do think that yeah the thomas character and evan adams and it's a shame that evan really didn't have the career that he probably deserved after mm-hmm. this and kind of blowing up after this because He's so good. And he's just, he's got that great, I mean, both Adam Bach and Evan have this, uh, is it's Adam Beach? Is that Adam Beach? I didn't say Bach. Beach, right? Yeah. yeah. Um, Adam Beach, they both have this great look to them. Um, and it's interesting that 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 um, Evan really didn't ever do, at least as far as I know, didn't do much
0: after this. Yeah, I was kind of looking, and he didn't do a whole lot. Kind of bit pieces here and there. I think more, a lot more indigenous stuff. I mean, which is not sure to sure. say, but I mean, I think... He, and it's interesting, too, that a lot of the actors in Smoke Signals have gone on to do a lot of, you know, mainly indigenous produced, indigenous, you know, directed work. Right. right? I don't mean interesting, but I think that that sort of tells really. us what they really are interested in and care about doing. Right? Sure, sure,
1: sure, yeah. sure. Um, yeah, but I do think it's kind of treacly in, in, in times. I do mm-hmm. think that the story is overly simplistic in in some cases. And I do think that the comedy um undermines its serious uh throughput, um, you know, its through line quite a bit. Um and so I and I don't mean the comedy from, from Thomas. I don't I mean I, I think there's some of the this the comic pieces that they put in. I think that the some of the interactions they have with the, you know, with the non-Indigenous characters too don't like they don't think they translate that that they, they don't translate that well. I don't necessarily know when I when I start thinking about this, like how I would make this movie better um how he would do it but like it, it feels like there's it feels like this movie wants to be a couple of things it wants to be a family mm-hmm, drama mm-hmm. and it wants to be a road movie and i think maybe if you take the road movie aspect out of it um and really focus on like because what we get kind of cheated out of is really victor's realization of what thomas is bringing to the table and bringing to right, their to their right. to their relationship it only happens after the car wreck where they are um you know trying to save you know these these two girls that have been in this wreck by and it's been created by this drunk driver and the mom from beverly hills 90210 uh, oh that's right. That's who that was. <laughs> and uh, uh will Farrell's wife in um old school mm-hmm. who's mm-hmm. amy mm-hmm. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> um, she was actually also in kicking and screaming which was the first time i ever saw right, her right, um, right. but uh but yeah so I, I think there's i think that 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 it really should have been more of a buddy movie and more of like a, like, say, I mean, like, if you want to make it Midnight Run, make it Midnight Run.
0: Make it Rain Man.
1: Right, right, exactly, exactly. Um, Otherwise, let's focus on these two characters coming together and getting to know each other. I don't think you need a huge, like, I I, I think it would, you know, I don't think you need to Thomas's character to, like, shake Victor or, like, or come. No, no. But I I do think focusing on them and, like, um, and I do I do think you need to take them out of their element a little bit so Victor can get that. But I do I wish the story had been more of a focus on maybe Victor and Thomas and Susie, like all of them trying to have kind of this would have been a great like if you had done that and made it just like a stage play kind of yeah. like put them a, you know, a state over or you know where you're not like worried about that bus trip because really the bus trip doesn't add anything to you you get the one interaction with the, the gymnast and you get the one interaction with the two asshole cowboys. This is my gun cleaning hat kind of bullshit. And like, and so to that end, like I don't, that gives you John Wayne's teeth, but that doesn't give you really anything else. And so like there, all of that communication that happened and that back and forth. And, and um, this, this could have been done as you got to Susie's place. And there's, there's uh there's more dynamic there between mm-hmm. the, between the mm-hmm. three of them and i i it, but and again it's hard to it's hard to badmouth this movie just because it's um like i said it is so winning i mean it's just it's just right. so easy to to watch and to take on but i do think that um it might it might waste a little bit of time uh and, and like i said like you were talking about too about how the short story has additional characters if you had incorporated those additional characters instead of pulling out like if you would have given us more of the characters on the res right Mm -hmm. i I know you need a separation of victor's dad um from the situation so they have they have to kind of bond together but if you gave us more of information on the res and then getting them over to you know victor's dad's new location um you know you could have made it i mean again i'm not going to sit there and pick it all apart but but i do think that that's one of the things the story misses is that there's there's not like victor's um path you know it, through this movie its emotional path to this movie only really comes in like the last 10 minutes and then and then we're kind of left with uh you know a really really touching moment i mean and i think that's what and i think this film does what it, what it really does really well and i think why it wins the audience award is because all of the good stuff is in the back end of mm-hmm. the movie mm-hmm. like all of the poetry all of the all of the what do we forgive our fathers for? That's that whole part really is really great. That yeah. last that last voiceover of Thomas is fucking brilliant. Yeah. But, it, but I, I I want more of that throughout the entire thing.
0: Right. I mean, one of the moments that I really like, I think there are a lot of choices in this film that we can question. Right. And <laughs> right. I think you know, not that we're tearing it down, but we are saying, I wonder why like this choice was made because. One of the moments that I love is when they are walking to, you know, Victor's father's trailer and Thomas is like, boy, that's all we do is walk. <laughs> Columbus shows up on the shore. We have to go away. Custer shows up. We go this way. We build a house on the moon. And, and to your point, this shows us how Thomas sees the world. But through this kind of, you know, storyteller's eyes, poet's eyes, and he's always grinning as he says it. Which I mean, in a way, tells us that he just knows more than everybody. Right? right? He understands this kind of cynical world in a way that he can still laugh at it. Right? But but that's where that stuff is so interesting, right? That yeah, like more of that, more of that kind of interaction. You let Victor play off. It's like they don't, they never really seem to kind of play back and forth. Right? They're right. always sort of isolated, even when they're together, even when they're. Even yeah, when Victor's this, being a complete dick, it's still just such an isolated.
1: Yeah, this needs to be more odd couple, right? I mean, right, and, right, and, right. And, and and I and I do think. And let me ask you this, you because mm-hmm. I, I, I you feel like this like the movie, like kind of robs Thomas of a lot of his yes. agency, right? Yes. I think they yes. I think they kind of like play him like a rain yes. man, right? I mean, yes. they play him like an innocent kind of boob, where Victor's this like hardened, uh, you know. And I, I get that that's the that's the past the path. That they've laid out for themselves. Well, not like victors laid out for himself. But I do think it's. I think it's a little unfair to to paint Thomas as this Pollyanna
0: and like a simpleton,
1: right? Because he's not. And I think that. I think there would have been a a better. Re- I think you it's easy to fall in love with him, but I think it would have been a better reveal. And I don't. Like I said, I don't think Thomas ever needs to lose that level of innocence or that level. But I do think at some point he needs. There needed to be some sort of acknowledgement that Thomas is the more emotionally mature one here. He's the one, that, and you get it a little bit. I, 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 But again, when his grandmother touches his face and it says, you know, tell us what happened. Tell me what happened, Thomas. Tell me what's gonna happen. I think it's a really powerful moment, but I think it comes too late right. to like-
0: Because I'm sorry, I wanted to just like add to yeah. that or interrupt there because like at a certain point in the film, the film for whatever reason portrays the two of them as like grinning idiots. Yeah. Right? Thomas and his grandmother is just these two smiling idiots who look exactly alike. And I'm <laughs> like, so, I mean, you know, I've seen this a handful of times. And each time I'm like, why do they do that? Yeah. Because like, when we first meet Thomas's grandmother, she's not acting like that. Right. And she's it's like, like only, screaming at him, right? I mean, screaming yeah. at Arnold, right? Yeah. 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 It's only later that now they both have the same braids and the same glasses in right. the same kind of like goofy I, grin on I, their face.
1: And I think it's, I think, I think you you lean into the sweetness of all of that Mm -hmm. but i do think that like yeah that whole that line that tell me what's gonna happen toms Mm -hmm. like he has there are just moments in this movie and maybe it's just maybe the movie is asking more of the audience than what i'm giving it credit for but i do think it's a little bit like i think it needed to give i think it needed to (laughs) treat its audience a little dumber and, and 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 explain it a little bit more because like the lines that they give Thomas, and I think this comes through in probably in the writing mm-hmm. and not the actual mm-hmm. execution of the mm-hmm. movie. But you know, in the movie, or I'm sorry, in the writing uh, and in when they're when they're all sitting around in Susie's cabin and, and or in a camper, and she says, you know, what do you want? You want lies or truth? And Thomas is like, I want them both. I mm-hmm. mean, that's the good. Both are important. I mm-hmm. mean, there's so and, and, you can't and, really have one without <laughs> the other, right? Right. And so th- that line, and then tell me what's gonna happen, Thomas is it's so wonderful and i think again they they come at such points that are under so understated that like i feel like we should be walking away thinking that oh we completely misunderstood and then wanting to go back and look at thomas's his 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 path again uh-huh. and really watch his character and go oh shit, he already knew x y and z when he came on he knew that Victor was need, needed. This this is why he's right. in the. That's why he is actually at the place because he knows Victor's going to go check, ca- ca- you know, cash the check. That's why he's in the convenience store there to, to meet Victor. And, and like he's the guy who's driving this. It's not Victor pulling Thomas along or, or begrudgingly pulling Thomas along. Um, it is Thomas. It's always been Thomas. It's it's been the entire time that that's why you know potentially it's why uh Arnold still had a relationship even as long as he did mm-hmm. with 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 Victor um and that you know again that he's been protecting him all along there should have been that kind of reveal and as much as we probably would have hated that too to be honest <laughs> yeah probably
0: <laughs> well and you know in the short story that idea because it's there in the short story where uh, Thomas Goes with him because Arnold has told Thomas watch out for Victor, right? Right. Part of your job is to take care of Victor So he goes on this trip From on, on one hand because of that and then that comes up through a discussion That we never really get in the film, which is this like resentment That Victor has for Thomas of of Arnold being in some ways more of a father to Thomas than he was to Victor right and so then that like reveal Right. Becomes more interesting when he talks about like, yeah, I went to the to the Spokane Falls that one time and I and I saw your dad and this is what he told me. Like we were talking and this is what he told me. Right. Right. And so then that makes that gives a little more gravity to that situation. But like we never really get that relationship fleshed out either. Speaking of relationships, we don't get fleshed out. Okay, I'm a little confused as to Susie's point in this movie. Because she's there for like this long, but she is front and center on the poster. <laughs> right, right. I, I do think that's yeah. Uh, and the poster think, is such a misdirect it, for it, this film too. It really is, yeah.
1: I yeah, and there's a lot of like cheapness given to the just and I, cheapness. I shouldn't necessarily use that word, but there. It seems like they skimped a lot on the promotion of this film and like the papyrus, like uh, I know font the fonts. I mean, it's like there's a lot of it that like is just a little again too on the nose mm-hmm, um in mm-hmm. a lot of cases but yeah that's another thing that again had you had more time with susie you could have fleshed cuz again you kind of see there's a hint of attraction between arnold and susie and there's a hint of attraction between victor, victor and susie. susie and that makes sense and that's and you give her such a pivotal moment in the film where she burns arnold's you know camper the as at the last moments of the of the movie
0: mm-hmm. um well, and she's responsible for Victor starting that kind of like grieving healing process as right. well. Right. Yeah. So yeah,
1: I mean, it's like I said, I would never. It is a, it is a very nice, like, crowd pleasing film, mm-hmm. and it's and it, and it, one you will watch and say, "Why are Brock and Jason such assholes about it?" But. <laughs> Uh, which well, is a what, good question. What, 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 a question have you come, what have you
0: come to expect from us? Right? <laughs> it's a question
1: we ask ourselves every single day. so... Uh... I just accept it at this
0: point. <laughs> so, um... I'm old enough. I'm not going to fucking change. <laughs> right. No, me either. No. <laughs> <laughs> um,
1: but I do think, and, and I think it'll stand, it'll stand, it'll be kind of a, a, a film that people point to just because of, of its place in history. Yeah. Uh, but I do think that as it, we get further and further away from it, there are other there are probably better examples of uh, truly representation of, of, of uh, you know, indigenous culture that we yeah. can point to. And I and, and for its importance and its place in time, that's great. Um, and I said, it's a good it's, it's it is a good, solid film. There are things you're going to walk away from it and you're going to fall in love with some of the characters, which you should. I just think there's a there's a little bit that is left to be wanting from yeah. from the
0: end product and and like i said i mean you know we can question choices you know why this why that and right whatever so but yeah go watch it and go enjoy it and and then come back to us and go like wow you guys were yeah. you're onto something there <laughs> all <laughs> right okay <laughs> let's uh let's uh dig into santa's old grab bag there jason Hell yeah um, let's do it now w- we have a choice would you like to just uh use yeah, the just, spinner let's just or spin do you it just, all, right, let's all right all right um are you ready <laughs> Ooh, look at that
1: <laughs> people are going to think we actually bought money on a spinner
0: <laughs> <laughs> All right. The first film is gonna be The Silent Partner. Oh right. 1978. Which I could not for whatever reason I kept thinking it was like 72. Really? I never yeah, 78 felt like too late in it, my mind. It does I don't feel
1: like a, a an entrenched 70s thriller, right? Oh yeah. yeah. It it just yeah. feels like it's got the grain Oh, um, but it's also in Toronto.
0: And true, I mean, true. like right. Canada is technically like ten years behind us, so that was probably why right. I thought I thought right. seventy two. <laughs> uh,
1: but yeah, it's yeah, it does it does feel like um, it does feel like an early seventies film. It, 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 it does. Yeah, it has that kind of like the yeah. I mean, like the the look and feel of the of of the aesthetic, just the entire aesthetic of like because you're coming like a lot of the like um set dressing looks like it's coming from just straight out of like like late 60s right so you know so it's it's yeah it's interesting that it's um that it is on the cusp of of, um, the, 80s. <laughs> of the 80s yeah
0: of, of Reaganomics
1: do you want to give us a run yeah of-
0: yeah a timid bank teller anticipates a bank robbery and steals the money himself before the crook arrives when the sadistic crook realizes he's been fooled he tracks down the teller and engages him in a cat and mouse chase for the cash this movie is so sexy <laughs> so sexy and also plummer has never been so yeah. sinister he is so so sinister and in this sexy. film oh oh my god it's like he's got eyeliner on and i'm just like <laughs> i think he does i think he eyeliner. probably does yeah <laughs> but i mean <laughs> and he was like what 49 at that po- or like yeah, somewhere yeah. somewhere like late 40s there's on the cusp of 50 but man Plummer and McDowell
1: Malcolm McDowell are two guys oh, that yeah. I don't I think people forget how like attractive They, they were and the, mm-hmm. I mean like Not that they're not attractive older men but like When they were young and not even Relative like not even young young but like when They were dudes like well Malcolm McDowell if you watch him in like if it's like I mean it's not even like, a question right. like he's just right. crazy I'd be like right I, mean, I know he's been Around for a while but like go out and watch get crazy And like, mm-hmm. tell me how like awesomely like, but Plummer in this, with his fucking blonde, beautiful hair, and like his just his, his, I don't know, his physique, and like it's just the way he moves and yeah. looks
0: at. Oh man, yeah. It's
1: it's crazy to me then too that I guess that you know these guys are character actors and they've done, uh, you know, they've been in the system for a really long time. But like, it's weird to me that these guys aren't leading men, like like really like 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 Michael Caine or like even Elliot Gould. Like I mean, right. like. How do Kane and Gould, and again, I, I love both of those guys. Right. I really love Gould. How do how does Gould negotiate a leading man career in the seventies and, and not Plumber, someone not, like
0: Plummer? I know. I know. <laughs> do you think that like Plummer fell into the category? You brought up Malcolm McDowell, and I don't think Plummer looks like Malcolm McDowell, but I always feel like Malcolm McDowell, Terrence Stamp, and Udo Kier just are like the <laughs> same kind of,
1: right, <laughs> right, the same kind of person, just like, like small seventies like, version <laughs> of Dylan McDermott and Dermot <laughs>
0: Mulroney yeah <laughs> they're like just a little like, you know stamps a little taller right you know, But yeah <laughs> it's, but yeah i don't i don't know um um
1: I, had you seen this before yeah okay yeah yeah yeah, yeah. and this was one of like I, I i went back and watched the siskel and ebert episode where this is on and they did a couple of episodes on it because they did one of like lost films of the 70s or, mm. or for not necessarily lost but like underseen things of the 70s and this was one of them that they did Um, But there was one that when they did their episode about this one, when it came to Chicago for the first time, they were like, you know, it didn't do well wherever it was before, but it's doing well here and people are liking it. But people were not going to be able to see it because it's going to go away. And they they were like uh, begging people to go see it. Um, Yeah, I saw this a couple of years ago and keep coming back to it. It is such a fucking banger. I mean, this is so good. and, And like this is. It's written by Curtis Hanson, yep. you know. So like, it's his. This guy has credentials, and actually, part of it was directed by Curtis Hanson. But because by the time, I guess the Duke, whoever it was, yeah, uh, Daryl Duke, Daryl Duke walked off because of creative differences. But like, it's you know, and I know that the long goodbye and 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 Bob and Carol and, and Alice, and there's a lot of like Gould, um stuff that's out there. This one just seems to be, like I said, kind of a. Uh, Hidden in the rough kind of a diamond in the rough kind of movie that that uh, that people don't talk about very much but it is so damn good and like it's as a pot boiler, like you it it really it's for an hour and 45 you move from piece to piece into like and it just continually escalates the entire time like it's it's I don't know man this is like this is peak like Hanson LA Confidential type writing this is this is really one of the best like thrillers that's out there and it's really just this kind of cat and mouse between Plummer and Gould uh and a great turn from uh John Candy is in an early role um I like it so they both they work at they work at this bank it's inside of this mall
0: which it, I, remember when malls were a thing it's so when it's, they were that crowded I know right? I remember going like I was watching it, and I'm like, I remember when malls were like that.
1: <laughs> all the stores are Canadian, so you couldn't quite like pick out some of like the like. But, it's not like Fast Times at one High, right? Where you can right, pick out all the stores. But like, I did like that he goes and gets an orange
0: cup. I, I, I wanted an orange, orange Julius at that point, right? <laughs> I was like, oh, are there orange Julius is around. Seems I used like, to love those yeah, things. That
1: sounds awesome. Like, I, it? I really wish that those still existed. Like, <laughs> and like a baked potato with a bunch of shit on it. Right. I,
0: <laughs> or like when McDonald's was actually. a you didn't feel too terrible eating it, and you could go sit down in a McDonald's. Sounds yeah. like what you do.
1: Anyway. Um, But set. So why is this a Christmas movie? It's set during Christmas time. Christopher Plummer is a mall Santa, <laughs> although that's kind of weird and, and nebulous too because he's like. He's just—he's like a—he's like a Salvation Army mall Santa. He's like like taking kids on his lap. He's just ringing a bell, yeah. yeah. And he's written out this sign for you to give to let the, to uh to help the less fortunate. But that's clearly all just a grift. He's just taking that money.
0: And he's just staring <laughs> at yeah, yeah <laughs> it's Just it's just a minor grift while he's right. staring at the bank the whole time. Right? right.
1: So he's positioned himself to watch the bank and and see how it operates. Uh, and he goes and and it's all kind of like he, one. What's just so good is that. Gould finds the note, yeah. finds the, the note that either was that, you know, um, was going to be delivered to him or delivered to one of the tellers. And that wasn't that um, says, I've got a gun. Give me the money. And then he recognizes that the, the G is written and it recognizes that it's on well, the sign. as he, well.
0: He must have written it on a separate sheet of paper, but on top of one of the check deposit right. forms. Yeah. Right. And he goes in there. He's like pretending to like write something. But of course, that's carbon paper, and so (laughs) you can see beneath it. Which I'm like, oh, this is such a great sort of like way to find this out. It's also very kind of um, timely, right? Right. Sure, sure. So you can imagine uh, people of a certain age watching this film today and going, "What is that? (laughs) What's carbon paper? What's carbon paper? What's a bank? Like, what's?"
1: (laughs) I I, I like that this bank (laughs) had it, it was still stuffy enough to to be a bank right and like have all of the, the procedures and what have you but they also allowed the, one of their tellers to wear their busty teller to wear a shirt that says bankers do it with interest. Yes, yeah. and a penalty for early withdrawal right, right. <laughs> it's like that's a that's a bank that i bank at i mean I, I trust my money with that group of people
0: uh, and they're all like sleeping with each other
1: <laughs> right, I mean, right. I mean, yeah, so, it's it's a huge, yeah, it's it's basically it's just like this incestual Alimental over there, yeah. right?
0: Because right. Gould um, cool asked the. the julie out and she's like oh i'm actually sleeping with the manager who's married so i can't right and the busty uh the busty teller is marries with- john candy but sleeping with another guy which is a through which is a,
1: a through line like you have to think that that other guy is potentially the, the father, father. Of the baby yes that that's she's the whole have. idea right it's just like oh yes. that's not good
0: because everyone's like looking at him <laughs> right because gould walked in on them in the bathroom at this party and then the way he's like Hovering over her as she's getting married. it's kind of yeah awkward and weird. I, I,
1: it, you know, we we come at this as if Gould is this kind of nebbish, mousy, mm-hmm. bank bank teller. But as soon as he sees that, uh, the um that that there's a a note that you know that someone is attempted or at least thought about robbing the bank, he basically takes it upon himself and says, "I can do this," mm-hmm. like because he doesn't get robbed before he starts to steal money from the bank he's like well i can just present them this note and tell them that i was robbed and i can embezzle and he already knows that there's an there's a huge amount of money coming through the bank because it's christmas and people are depositing their money and so he's got a bunch of money and he's the main bank vault teller so he's got more money than anybody else at his uh um you know as his at his window and so, you know, by the time and so as Terrence Stamp is not Terrence, Stamp, as, as, <laughs> Thank you for putting, you're welcome, putting that in. Well, because I was thinking also like <laughs> he puts his money in a Superman's in a in a Superman uh, <laughs> which also is released the same year. Uh, like uh, a Lunchbox. Super, kind Super of, Superman yeah. Lunchbox, yeah. <laughs> and so Plummer is casing the joint and watching Gould basically embezzle money from the bank and then goes up and tries to rob him uh and only then only learns that that he didn't that they that the, mon- the amount of money that was that he was able to get out of the bank was smaller based on what they told the the, the you know the uh, television crew because gould had actually stolen it yeah. himself and then of course there's this cat and mouse game between plumber now knowing that he's been screwed over uh and so he's and now he knows something about gould and Gould's this you know uh hero of the moment and everyone's he's been on tv and now he's getting attention from <laughs> julie and uh, you know other you know. and a bunch of other ladies that come in the bank right <laughs> yeah yeah they're all want to look at him uh <laughs> and uh it you know and then so they go back and forth and um eventually gould is able to steal a van and put it <laughs> and drive it outside yeah. of Plummer's home uh and frame him for for stealing the van and of course they already wanted him for something else so he was he spends some time in jail and then another woman gets involved with with gould who was also involved with Plummer right uh, she put that on we find, to, that yeah.
0: we find out that later um as they've kind of fallen for each other, um but it's weird because it's also like he knows almost immediately right right yeah. but it just kind of goes along with it because well I think, like, he, he, I
1: think he i think he ultimately sees like he's got to get plumber out of his life mm-hmm. in some mm-hmm. somehow mm-hmm. i also you know Gould is like a lover of of fish he's is this kind of nerdy guy who has an aquarium is always looking for rare fish <laughs> I think that gould's i think Gould is so great in this and all of his like um all of his mannerisms and and the fact that he that he hides his you know the the safety deposit box keys and the jam Literally, and like, like there's all of these things that should on paper seem contrived but as they flow through the film really just kind of like flow makes sense right and, yeah. Yeah. yeah and then the movie i mean like what's so what what i think what separates this film from just your normal like uh i don't know you like the, just your normal everyday thriller is that you like you said it's sexy it's ridiculously sexy and ridiculously mean I mean, oh yeah. I mean Plummer basically stomps on a on a prostitute's head and in the sauna in a, in a yeah in a like a weird like brothel like, gym sauna. I know. I
0: know that was weird. I, I was like what is going on here? This it's strange. You just I know. But well, you're right. You're right. You're right. <laughs> well, and then I mean he decapitates right. the woman he sent to, you know, seduce and um, leaves her head Gould, in the fish and leaves her head in the fish tank. I mean, yeah, it is a nasty. But this is the I mean, so this was 78. When was Blowout? Oh, around the the,
1: 76. I mean, a little before, right? Yeah, yeah. But,
0: I mean, that's another one that's sexy and mean, right? I mean, that does not end, I mean, really well for anybody. (laughs) And then, I mean, a film like, you know, Clute, too. I mean, I I feel like there are these, these films from that time that were, sort of gritty sexy and then just like really and it wasn't
1: it was time for the grit too right i mean this was coming off of like gallows and in in italy and then american audiences were finally getting oh this is a canadian picture but um but kind of catching up those north american audiences were kind of catching back up to like getting films like death wish and and dirty Harry and things like that as well so yeah um the (laughs)
0: um and then we got you know basic instinct
1: Right, then we de- yeah, then we and go sliver. up to the, like the psychosexual thriller. Psychosexual was- <laughs> uh,
0: it,
1: so yeah, uh, Gould goes up to his apartment to find his new lover. Um, even though he doesn't really trust her, he finds her new, his new lover beheaded, um, and he takes her body and dumps it into the foundation of the new bank that's being that's that's being built. Um, and Plumber's like, man, hats off to you. I would. Yeah. I-, I thought I had you. Up against the barrel, I, and like, like,
0: <laughs> and this, but this is something else that's that's really great is that Gould continues to sort of surprise Plummer like every turn, right? And then there's this, like this weird begrudging respect too from from Plummer. He's like, oh wow, you're really clever. Okay, that was good, right? And he's always sort of like, all right, I applaud that. Right. And Gould kind of looks at him like, you're a jackass, right? Like, I mean, you're, you're a psycho, and I'm smarter than you. And I'm going to figure this out, right? But I mean, that's a nice, that's a really great twist because again. Gould seems like this mousy, kind of like unsure. You know, I, I love the fact when
1: Gould kind of laughs at himself, like he's so. After he steals the van, he drives it over to in front of the apartment of Plumber, uh, and then calls the cops and is like, and like it does, takes <laughs> on There's this some voice of like, like this kind of like stereotypical gangster voice, like, "Hey, you're gonna find him over here." He's, <laughs> yeah. he's seen him before, and he's be careful. He's got a, he's got the rod. Yeah, right. And, and right. he walks. out, he's like the rod. The rod. I know. I was, I know. He's just like, just what like am, what "Am I talking what? about?" <laughs> <laughs> you might as well have said paddy wagon. But, uh, <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> but yeah, it all ends up with uh and then it ends up in this great like last kind of confrontation where um they're basically going to uh he's gonna split the money with Plummer and get him off of his back. And but Plummer's gotta come into the bank because the money's in the bank and they've got to do one more kind of faux uh robbery. And so Plummer gets in this uh, drag outfit um, and, right. <laughs> and goes up to Gould and, and is basically like demanding all the money and 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 more. And Gould's like, Gould finally like just says, hey, I, he raises his hand and says, he's got a gun, he's got a gun, he's got a gun. Because he
0: forged the note. He forged, yeah. <laughs> right.
1: Um, and there's a big shootout. And like with the bank guard shooting into the mall full of crowded people so during good. Christmas. Well, not during Christmas anymore, I guess. Um, but yeah, and then, and then this great protracted like death scene for Plumber, where he's like, he's like trying to run God. up a down elevator, escalator, uh, <laughs> yeah. and can't quite do it because he's running, he's,
0: and then he falls down and like, <laughs> and everyone's like surprised when his like wig and stuff comes off.
1: Right. And also, I guess the other line in this, which is really, I think the one kind of weak link in this is that is Julie's portion in this yeah. is like where she's kind of figured out what Gould is mm-hmm. doing and there and kind of like fallen in love of him, with him because of it. It, it, that seems a little... I get that the movie needs a nice crescendo yeah, where Gold yeah. wins. Yeah. and um, But but like a meaner movie in the 70s, it seems like this, like if this was, was like an L.A. Confidential type of thing, it seems like no one would win, right? right. That right. Gold would be caught, that Plummer would be dead, or that or Julie would walk off with the cash. Julie would right? walk off with the money. And that's the, <laughs> right. yeah,
0: yeah. Uh, because, I mean, you know, they kind of circle each other, right. Gold and, and Julie... And then there's, I think Julie is sort of put off by his uh, indecisiveness, his kind of like um, wavering sort of sense of being. And then, you know, at the end, she sort of sees him kind of take take, charge. Yeah, take charge and sort of be this kind of, because there's one scene where they go back to his place after the Christmas party at her, you know, at the bank manager's home with his family, who she's having an affair with, which is just weird right and the bank manager's wife Wife clearly knows that she's having an affair so they go back to his place and it's you know they're they're it looks like they're gonna sleep together and at one point he is he's put off by like you know plumber calling but he also says like you know what i've had too much to drink i don't know this is a good idea and she's just like so put off and like pissed off i'm like wow okay really like is this the only time that a woman's going to get upset when a man's like, I'm not sure because we both had too much to drink, right? right? Actually sort of like enacting and, 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 and invoking the idea of consent. What the fuck, Julie? I'm just kidding. Seriously. <laughs> no, no. It's 78. But I, I, I know and that was my own. <laughs> that didn't exist in 78 apparently. <laughs> but I mean, yeah, once he finally sort of takes charge and shows himself to be this different kind of person that that she always kind of wanted him to be, then it's like, oh, yeah, don't forget your briefcase and I'm coming with you. Right, right. Yeah. So uh, a
1: couple of trivia bits. This was the first film that took advantage of like the Canadian government. Basically, it ended up being kind of a tax shelter thing. But like there were there were a lot of movies that were that came after this that were Canadian pictures that mm-hmm. were basically funded and filmed in Canada as a way to like invest in the film industry and give money back to Canada. But yeah. it also a lot of it was. Uh, you know you would get uh, huge tax breaks and so a lot of films were like a lot of Canuxploitation exploitation films were were oh, basically can- uh, created because of because of this kind of loophole and this is the first film that was uh produced or distributed by Carol Co. So this, this silent partner and love streams are
0: basically. Oh, the right, right, company. right. <laughs> <laughs> and Superman. 4. Awesome. Yeah, of course. <laughs> what, what was the film that Hanson of the bedroom window, right? Yeah. That Hansen directed with Gutenberg mm-hmm. <laughs> as a leading man in a, in a thriller, in a sexual, in a erotic thriller. That's not really right, but yeah. Um, with Isabelle Huppert. Yeah.
1: Yeah. 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 Anyway,
0: uh, I forget the
1: actress who plays um, the, the the love interest, um, but she was ta- she was talking to Hanson and was like, "I'm fine with, uh, I'm fine with nudity as long as it fits the plot." But like, why do I have to be completely naked and 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 Ghoul doesn't? And he's like, "Well, you're prettier than he is." Yes. So that was the uh, let's see trivia line for Susanna York was Julie. It wasn't Julie. It was. It was um, what was
0: her name? <laughs> Was it Emily? Was it Elaine? Elaine. So Celine Lomez. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Um, Anything else you want to say about the silent partner? No. Go watch it. It is a it is a wonderful,
1: wonderful film, film, and it's one that multiple need to see.
0: (laughs) Rare exports. (laughs) All right. And what we are exporting? Well, it's a different kind of trafficking. I, th- <laughs> I think here all right so let me find the uh okay in the depths of the Curvatenturi mountains whatever 486 <laughs> meters deep lies the closest ever guarded secret of christmas the time has come to dig it up this christmas everyone We'll believe in Santa Claus. <laughs> I love the running joke about the like the Russians in here. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> it's, oh, it must be Russians. How are you gonna let the Russians in? So what do you think? What do you? I love this. I, it, it was it was so much fun. It was um. So Ebert Ebert called this an R-rated Santa Claus origin story crossed with the thing. And it's I very
1: think, much the thing, right? It's very much it, the thing. Yeah. yeah,
0: and I think that that is a really kind of like succinct, perfect way to put it because there is this menace that you see in a carpenter film but there's also that like weird bit of humor that you also see in like carpenter films and 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 this plays with that so well but then also playing on this story that like we all believe right or all tell kind of each other that 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 santa claus was this thing and he's he brings presents to good boys and girls. And instead what he does is actually kidnaps them and eats them. <laughs> right? right. 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 If you misbehave or if you're not punished and, and then, you know, these fairy tales coming to life and being actually bigger than, <laughs> than what we thought. Um, no, I, I thought it was, I thought it was a lot of fun. I yeah.
1: Was- so the, the whole premise is this like industrial conglomerate, like is looking for essentially for Santa Claus, yes, right? I mean, yeah, and they, and they, yeah. they finally think that they found him. They blow up this portion of, and they and they basically he's encased in ice, and they're yeah. going through the, and so they're going through the process of excavating him from 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 the hole in the ground, and right. in in doing that has awoken, uh, you know his elves, his elves that are that are basically <laughs> been hiding out for centuries, um and and th- this film what it does so well is plays, it there's humor in this, but it plays everything as a straight action oh, yeah. film like yeah. it doesn't ever wink at the audience. And that's what so many of these, like, types of films do badly. It's like what every... Like, a lot of these, like, Santa, sleigh-type films... Yeah, Like, yeah. they can be enjoyable, but they're never going to reach that upper echelon of, like, true cult status or wonderful... St- I mean, like, they're just not going to reach that echelon of, like, reading a really good movie. Yeah. Because it's too much tongue-in-cheek. There's too much winking at the audience of saying, ha, 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 this is a whole thing. Um It... The... What this does... Like at the very beginning of it, and when it's in English at the beginning, um, you know, they ha- <laughs> he hands out these he's like, Get up, get these to all oh, right, of your workers. Right, right. And it's these lists of like do's that don't. So basically yeah, behavior. No cussing,
0: card. no Yeah, it's so it's,
1: it's basically this whole list of don't be naughty mm-hmm. because it's, that's dangerous mm-hmm. now. Now that we've unearthed Santa Claus, it's dangerous to be naughty. <laughs> um because he he it's this is not a lump of coal you're gonna get. You're gonna die. You're he's gonna die. Yeah, he's you. going to take you. Um and and so you know, the the um, the locals of the area start to notice that their that their the reindeer are are right. being killed and, and that uh, their potato har- harvests are being stolen and their ovens No, and their, the,
0: the sacks. The sacks,
1: the right, sacks. right. This, the Only, the Only the sacks, sacks right. it's true,
0: it's true. <laughs> the, the potatoes <laughs> just the sacks.
1: Uh, and their ovens and heaters are are being stolen because they want to heat up and and unleash San- El- the elves are trying to unleash Santa Claus. Yeah, but they're putting kids in the sacks, <laughs> right? And there's just so much. Uh, yeah, they're putting kids in the all these naughty kids, and all the kids are obviously naughty.
0: Um, except for Pietra.
1: Yeah. Yes. Yeah. Uh, what's so fun about this is like there's just like the little bits and pieces of it that like the the, the the elves uh like coming to life when they when they hear a child or smell a child or when they smell gingerbread or like there's all these little moments to um you know the kind of just the lore of it all and then you know it's fun to see like in the thing where they start to realize what's actually happening Mm -hmm. here Mm -hmm. um i do think this film's held back a little bit by its budget obviously i think you spend a good hour like with the character build up and i do think the one thing that 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 i that kind of bugs me is the theater role um becomes kind of like a john McClane at the end Uh and i uh would have liked to seen that character art kind of like a little less dramatic right because it like he's kind of like a weakling and kind of like always nervous about his dad and like he's they're they're all up around these alpha men who are like hunters and like nordic like gods essentially right i mean they just look huge right um and even
0: like the one other kid who's close to Pietra's age is already taking on that kind of role right. of of man. I mean, at one point, he walks up to Pietra's dad with like a half, you know, a half smoked cigarette. He's like, "You got a light?" <laughs> and the guy's like, "Where's your dad?" Right.
1: <laughs> but yeah. and so Pietra's dad is also a wolf trapper, um, and that's illegal. But that's how they end up getting one of the elves. Is the is that the one of the elves falls into the wolf trap, and they are able to like they think it's Santa Claus. They think that they've actually found Santa Claus. Um, and they, then they talk to the, you know, they're, they're trying to sell him back to the, in, to the industrial conglomerate. Right. Cause but.
0: they, they blame him for letting like a wolf through the fence that killed all their reindeer, right? right that right. they're going to use to sort of, you know, one cell and make it through, wind, make yeah. it through the winter essentially. And, and, you know, it was one of the elves that killed all the reindeer, but they still <laughs> like hold them responsible. So yeah, they're like, we've got Santa Claus and we want money, like, basically the exact amount of money that the reindeer would have brought us. <laughs> right.
1: Um, and, it, and it seems like he's going to pay. And eventually, then he just gets, gets a, 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 puts yeah. an axe through the head. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, and, then, and then realizing that it's not Santa Claus and what's actually happening, they decide to, uh, you know, they're, they're basically being. Um, they they start to round up all of the I guess Pietro has the good idea has the idea of like who well, they're coming to, to for the kids right they're going to feed the kids to Santa Claus yeah so all of the elves are going to come to the kids so they 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 sack up all of the kids and get them in a helicopter yeah and try to round up all of the elves in um, like they would have done the reindeer into this pen. And uh, that's when Pietro is like on the sack of kids
0: with with a a walkie-talkie Hanging (laughs) on with a walkie-talkie now commanding everybody right uh, what he has the He
1: has the idea of how you put it and so that that like Character development happens very very quickly. He's like, I'm gonna take I'm gonna take charge of all of this (laughs) It would have been a little it would have been a little bit Uh, I guess more believable had it been a code noel type of situation where this kid was always kind of mischievous And always kind of like putting together uh, you know these Rube
0: Goldberg type. Yeah, <laughs> like, I mean, we see him doing all the research, right? But right. then, like, he never quite does anything with that. He doesn't really kind of. But the
1: bravery, the like, swan dive off of the helicopter right. into the into the pin of elves, is right. a little
0: like uh, sacrificing. Right. Like, tell tell dad, you know.
1: Right. I would have liked to have also had seen Santa. You know, like seen like before, like blowing him up like right as he comes out, rather than having him frozen the entire time. Right.
0: Right, right, because we always see is this giant block of ice, right? And we don't see exactly how monstrous he might have been. It's yeah, one of those instances
1: cool. where I, I would have liked to have seen, like, th- not that this movie do well, and then them give them money to like do a pseudo sequel, kind of like a Robert Rodriguez like El Mariachi Desperado, yeah, and like give him more money to do something a little bit uh, to take yeah. it to the next level. Right. Um,
0: Evil Dead Part Two. Right,
1: right, exactly. I mean, yeah. yeah, yeah. Um, so we could because again, I do think the the budgetary restrictions on this required it to have all of the action be backloaded yeah. um not to say that this is a boring film or not enjoyable um but there's just there's just like when you watch it it's it is so much fun and like i said it plays so straight with the lore and the twist on the tail that um it just it's inevitable that you're going to want more out of it right. And like it's it would be so much fun to have this be just a violent, just you know, like oh, yeah,
0: <laughs> yeah. <laughs> right. yeah, and I mean to have that violence happen earlier, right? Right. right to have right. it, just, yeah, keep kind of going through there, and that would not give you more time to see Patrie do more things or understand more things, right? And, right. And the reason he's not like sacked up so fast is because he, one, he's like the only good kid left. Yeah. I mean, apparently, but then also he's like, I need to be punished. Right. Because I did this thing. So like, dad, you have to like hit me, which I'm not sure like why we're getting into like, (laughs) you know, corporeal punishment, but at the same time, you know, this is the one sort of self-aware character as well. Like I know that I did something wrong and now you have to do this or that thing's going to take me away. Right.
1: Yeah. So the end of the film, they've blown up Santa, blown up Santa pretty heavily, by the way, uh, and now they have 185 uh, elves that are yeah. captured. So and they, that
0: spell is kind of broken right, on him, right? Right.
1: So now they're not longer; they're no longer murderous. They're just um, like blank slaves. right? And so they train them to be Santa Clauses yes. and sell them back to different communities. <laughs> it's,
0: so, it's so, and you just see them then being locked in crates at the end with like different places stamped on them, and they right. get like sort of dropped out of. Yeah, that was great. I really did like the the exporting of. Did of you ever see the
1: the short film? I didn't. Yeah. I didn't. Did the, you, I, the short film? It, I mean, it's it it is more. Um, it 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 assumes that that this company, well, not the company, but the people of this land mm-hmm. go out and hunt elves and hunt basically Saint Nicholas's. So they do the exact same thing. There's just not this this specter of Santa that looms over. Mm-hmm. But these that Santas are these trained St. Nicholas's that they go out and hunt. Okay. and So it's just these naked old men running through the woods (laughs) and they're shooting them and then training them to become just like that training (laughs) sequence, sequence happens again. So
0: Um, this, this did pretty well in its native country. Um, I I guess it it won the juicy award. (laughs) (laughs) I'm sure that's, J-U, J-U-S-S-I. Um I don't know how to say it, right? Jussie Juicy. I like to say juicy word. <laughs> well, and the director went <laughs> on to best cinematography. And,
1: yeah, and the director yeah. went on to make big game, which was not yeah. a big hit, but but and then then this most recent year made Sisu. Oh,
0: um, oh that's the same guy. Yeah, yeah. Oh, I didn't realize that. Okay, yeah. okay. So um expect more from him. I would oh, imagine Oh, that that makes sense. I mean, you can see I think kind of like the same yeah. style and same vision there. Yeah. And yeah, fuck Nazis. <laughs> <laughs> right.
1: But free to watch on Tubi and Pluto and all kinds of platforms. So, yeah, check out Rare. So Let's do it.
0: It's fun. You won't be disappointed. Oh, okay. Oh, <laughs> Such a delayed ta so, We're going to do the Christmas that almost was. not right. How much?
1: How much I'm, I'm fun gl- is this I'm, movie? I'm, I'm actually I'm like, glad because I'm glad to leave Deer Games for the last. Yeah, I know, um, I know. <laughs> uh, um,
0: th- this is. Uh, give us a rundown on. I the was plot. just going to say, like Santa has to get a job, <laughs> as a Santa, to earn money to pay his overdue rent bill. Basically, Santa has been beset by gentrification <laughs> and uh, greedy land developers. <laughs> right. He's right. been used to—North he was
1: North Pole was rent-controlled for the
0: longest time. So, right, right. It's, it's right. under new ownership. We have to explain because, <laughs> it, it, you know, the summary in every summary of this film makes it sound like Santa is just a deadbeat freeloader, right? But what had happened was, like, the Eskimos had this land, right, in the North Pole, and they made an arrangement with Santa that he could live there forever, right, rent-free. but Phineas T. Prune, right, basically buys whatever he wants. He's like a zillionaire. So he bought the entire North Pole. And he's like, Sina, you owe me back rent. (laughs) Not even like, you owe me rent now. He's like, you owe me back rent. And not only that, he bills comes. Come he, he
1: comes like every single day at dinner time to remind him that he owns that he owes back rent. Where does where do they live? I don't. <laughs> this like, is the thing.
0: I'm like, how does how does prune get there?
1: Right, they all get to England, which is essentially where they are in the city. Right. I don't <laughs> I guess, know. Like, oh, uh, and then
0: but they, they like, all speak a dubbed Italian
1: English. Anyways, <laughs> uh, so yeah, we're maybe jumping ahead. So we we meet at the very beginning. We meet our hero, uh, Sam Whipple, Sam Whipple, played by Paul Tripp, (laughs) the only person that can play any Sam Whipple in any movie. (laughs) Right. Uh, (laughs) He's lamenting with some with some town folk and some town children that Christmas can't be every day. Why can't Christmas be every day? And I, I think his he posits that the reason that Christmas can't be every day is because we haven't thought of it yet. Basically, well, that it's just we don't have the the gumption and, the, and 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 we just we just don't you know we're not stick no no stick to itiveness that that allows us to have Christmas every day.
0: Why hasn't some like venture capitalist firm like put that forward? Well, or some and, sort and of that's, corporation
1: that's actually mentioned in Reindeer Games by <laughs> Danny
0: Trejo. <laughs> <laughs> I, know, I know, I know, Christmas too. <laughs> it would make smart business sense to have another. <laughs> so. Uh,
1: later on that evening, um, Whipple's at his home and he gets a knock on his door and low. And this is about 20, this is a early December, right? He's right. Right. right um, right. so he, it's Santa Claus because when he was a kid, he wrote Santa and said, Hey Santa, if you ever need anything, bro, I'm your guy. Hit me up. Right. And I, I love all your gifts. I love your work, bro. Like, I'm a I've, huge fan. I'm a huge fan. And Whipple's um, a lawyer. Right. And so Santa's the like. The brokest
0: lawyer in the world. Right.
1: It, it, look, I, I need help here because I'm being squeezed. And if we don't do something, like my rent is due on the 24th. If we don't do something, Christmas won't happen. Um, And Whipple's like, well, yeah, sure. We got this. How much can it be? Right. Yeah. He's like, oh, he's like, and he shows them a piece of paper. And we never really realized how much it is. And I think that's smart because it doesn't, it would date the film. Right. 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 So now it's just a nefarious amount of money. Yeah. Uh, and Whipple looks in his pocketbook and he's like, Ay, Santa, I can't cover <laughs> that. I mean, like, look, I, I said I would do anything, but I can't cover that.
0: I'm a lawyer of the people, Santa.
1: <laughs> right. I'm, I spend my days decorating town Christmas trees and wondering why there can't be Christmas every single day. <laughs> How good of a lawyer can I possibly be? <laughs> Correct. Uh, so, but you know what? We'll go to Whipple's house, which happens to be right next door to mine. So I'm going to step up my door and walk outside. Or and Prune's his, house. Prune's house. Yes, yes, yeah. Prune's house. And we're going go to go. We'll go reason with him. Surely, I mean... <laughs> This is. He's this a reasonable silly, man. Right? He's a he's a reasonable man. Um, Prunes having none of it. I mean, like, but he's Prune's also not even home. He's yeah, that's true. He's
0: like his, monster l- butler, butler or whatever, is, and then his, his and his dog. dog is there, right? Yeah. So
1: yeah, you're not gonna see what that was. What Santa said too. You're not gonna see Whipple. You're not gonna. I'll get in to see him. Like, I'm, I'm, Trust me. I'm, I got this. Yeah. Whipple <laughs> is the guy who can never deliver on on. Mm-hmm. So. They eventually do see Prune, right? I mean, like, and and Prune is like kind of like eating the. Oh no! So they go to the North Pole, right? That's when they go to the North Pole, which seemingly is just down the street.
0: Right. Well, they are in Santa's magic sled. I guess that's true. Yeah.
1: Which if, you but know, then just, how does Prune get there? <laughs> yeah. Well, he's a zillionaire, so he's assuming oh, he right, has some right. sort of he has you know, his own magic mode sleigh, of transportation, like right? In. Yeah. So Santa's like, look, you're not gonna see him, but he comes to my house every single day at dinner time. <laughs> dinner
0: time he's sadistic which i don't know why santa
1: didn't say that to begin with but like
0: but now he won't he won't be at his house because he's waiting outside of mine right i know where he is and like they (laughs) so they go to Santa. they go to the
1: north pole and santa's got like eight elves that help him and and then and jonathan and then one really tall butler himself yeah which like the
0: terrible memory
1: the sequence where (laughs) right the sequence where the, the the elves have to go through Jonathan's legs to get out of Santa's house—that that was really <laughs> bothersome. To I me. know, I know. But anyway, <laughs> but Santa, the way he pointed, <laughs> right? I know, pointing between his legs so they could all crawl through. Waddle
0: there. through.
1: Um, so they go and like Mrs. Claus is making dinner, and of course, then Prune shows up, and he's like relishing the fact that that Christmas is not going to happen, and 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 that Santa can't pay his rent. So. Wilbur comes up with a great idea. We we'll, means we'll, we'll, you just need to get a job. We'll get you a job.
0: Well, he they try to reason with him, right? Sure. And, sure. and I forget like what is, what what is the thing that like Prune says? Like, okay, here's. Oh no, he says I won't charge you rent ever. But here's the thing: like, you can never give another toy to a child. Right. Basically, right? yeah. You you got to quit being Santa Christmas. Claus. You can stay here, but you got to quit being Santa Claus. Right. <laughs> um. And then, oh, I also love, because I don't want to move too far beyond this, but I love how Prune hates any kind of compliment or, like, you know, I mean, Mrs. Claus is, like, saying very nice things, and he's like, I kindly request you keep your kindness to yourself, madam. Right? It's just like this great thing. I will hold you responsible if I don't sleep well tonight because you were nice to me.
1: The other disturbing thing about Santa's um, environment is that he very Mike Pence-esque-like. He calls his mother. mother. Yeah. They don't have any kids. They don't have any kids, Mike. So there's no reason for him to call her mother. Right. Uh. Yeah. It's very creepy. Yeah.
0: But yeah. But then Whipple says, "I know. We'll get a job. We'll
1: get a job." And so they go work at a Macy's knockoff, Mm -hmm. and Santa Claus becomes the first department store Santa. It never happened before. Whipple had a brilliant idea. It really was a good idea. It really was was a, a banger of an idea. Um. And Santa's freaked out because he's evidently never seen a kid awake.
0: He only likes sleeping children, which not creepy at all. No, 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 not no. at all. I mean, it's it's never been creepy. Whenever anyone has said, "I like to watch you sleep," <laughs> that has only ever been said with just like pure innocent love. <laughs> <laughs> what are you doing, watching you sleep? Get the fuck out! But uh,
1: yeah, Santa is, is like over, like like nervous to the point where he's going to see yeah. a live kid, like yeah. a kid who is awake. Um and but he gets the job and then Whipple is a is a janitor of some sort at the sh- at the store he straightens um, things up and then yeah. the night before him and Santa decide to play with all the toys, uh the creepiest ass nineteen seventies to sixties toys 66, ever seen, yeah, yeah. yeah like a really bizarre colored stuffed chicken and like uh it's all just all over the place but they play with all of them and then like the then when the kids come to the store the next day the mom's like. I wouldn't expect this kind of behavior at this store where a- Santa and adults
0: a- playing with toys
1: <laughs> and then they pick them up in some sh- in real short order. It really is like a <laughs> few really a few up. seconds yeah. and it's like yeah. and then it's fine. And then the kids and everyone, everyone wildly excited about it. Love. Like Santa. You're dressing them down for playing with the toys. And then um, as a minor inconvenience, this is a 1966 Karen that's like, right, weirdly misplaced anger. And then the kids are crazy about it, right? And and like no one questions the fact that Santa knows all the kids' names without them actually telling her what he wants for what they want for Christmas.
0: <laughs> right. Um, and this well, goes, my, my <laughs> sorry, excuse me. My favorite line from that moment where <clears throat> the first little girl is like tugging on Santa's beard, and her mother's like, Don't pull on like this, you know, like fake beard or whatever. And she's like, No, mom, it's real. And she pulls it, she's like, Imagine that, Mr. Prim finding an old man with a real beard. Because <laughs> like, real beards don't exist yeah, it, here. It didn't. Yeah. Not, not,
1: not 1960s England. It was very, very uh passe to have an old man and have a had, who had a to beard. be an
0: old man and, and, and to be have a beard. Right. Yeah.
1: Uh prune's having none of this. Uh he's he tries to thwart the plan weirdly at uh every turn he is doing something he's spitting spit wads at balloons uh he's putting itching powder on kids uh and then eventually gets it on himself none of this actually works um so prune decides to do what zillionaires do and he buys the department store and he also then breaks his own merchandise and then makes santa pay for that merchandise so that santa won't have enough money to pay his
0: rent and again whipple's not a good lawyer because right. this is clear what happened, and right. there is no... There were witnesses
1: to like, Prune breaking right. his own... There was
0: actually a kid that like looked at Prune and shook his finger and was like, <laughs> get out of here. I mean, so he was caught by the kids. Yeah, but Whipple just being like, oh, gosh darn it, there's no Look. legal recourse here.
1: And Santa just basically pays without even questioning it. I know, we're questioning I know. The cost of any of it. <laughs> like He's like, well, that's going to be a giraffe, and that's two, and this is this thing, and that's four, and that's going to leave you with one. I'm like, wait a minute. Like we didn't like ring this up or anything. No, just like like
0: in your and and I love how he says like you know it's in the new bylaws that I just wrote, (laughs) which are not legally binding (laughs) to the past
1: at all. But anyway, Whipple foils the day again, uh, and then um, we're we're you know this is the this is Christmas Eve. We don't know what we're going to do, right? Except Um,
0: buy really cheap Christmas trees, (laughs) right? So so we go to a
1: Christmas tree lot, and there's this kid there who's selling the oh, cheapest Christmas he trees. He just bought his. And he's yeah, he just bought, that's home. right. He just bought his and said, hey, you know, the cheapest trees you can, the tree, the cheapest trees you can get are the day before Christmas, so go buy your tree. And then the kid's like, you know what? It's like, and, but how does, how does, how does how does, this, how does a kid
0: find out that Santa's in dire straits? Because he 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 walks by, right, with the tree, and he's like, yo, cheap trees over there, right? <laughs> and then he stops and he's like, you look familiar. <laughs> have a, do, I, do I know you, right? Have, have, do you have, watch have, me when you, I sleep? Have you... <laughs> <laughs> have you copped on this corner before? <laughs> and he's like, you're Santa Claus. And Santa Claus is like, hold the shit. You got me right. right, right. You motherfucker, what? Like, Yo, you bringing my shit tomorrow, bro? And, and Santa Claus like, is like, this is America. I got to, right? Right. So, so then the kid's like, what's wrong, Santa? You look sad. What's going on? And Santa's like, Oh, I can't tell you, little Charlie, whatever. I think his name and, was Charlie. And, yeah. And
1: he was like, You know what? You've helped me out so many times, Santa. Like, let me help let you. Me tell help me what you. your problems are. Right? Yeah. Okay. I got you. Again, like, just like
0: Whipple. And I love this kid. Like, he's so like, mature. He's like, No, no, no. I,
1: <laughs> I wanna, we got it. We'll figure it out, man. Come on. Whatever it is. There's no problem too big for There's,
0: the two of us, right?
1: We can do it. Just
0: And he, like, puts the tree down.
1: <laughs> so Santa tell tells me, him Santa. his woes. He, he doesn't. Oh, he then, won't tell him, right?
0: You. He goes over to Whipple, and he's like, what's the deal? What's, <laughs> what's the, the deal with your boy right? He's like, come on. Come on. You, you, Look, look. I know something's going on. Just tell me. And Whipple just whispers it in his ear. And he's like, and the kid is just kind of like, hmm. <laughs> would a quarter help? No, no, no. That, that's not going to do it. I know, Santa. We'll wake up all the kids. You've helped us. They'll help. They won't even ask. They'll just give you what they have. It's fine. <laughs> Don't worry about it. And sure enough,
1: and then, no, no, wait, 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 wait. Then, no, he, starts, <laughs> then he starts to
0: yell, "Wait, and, kids!"
1: In the city, and like, and he, he walks like he's in a Broadway production. Like he steps, he's got his hands on his hips, it's like a very, kimbo. Like, right? yeah, he's like very swinging his hips around in <laughs>
0: like a very like I don't know. It's too bad no one saw us just doing that. <laughs> I know it's an audio medium, but like you have to imagine the two of us, and he's like. Chairs on wheels. <laughs> but he goes
1: and yells in one location. And then all these kids start bringing Santa <laughs> their spare change. in like just piggy banks. You can't imagine that Prune is one pumps. going to take this money. Like he's got like however much it's money.
0: currency. You're legally required to take it. If it's legal tender, you have to take it. <laughs> a month's worth of salary for Santa. I can like walk in. I can walk in with a sack of pennies. You still have to take it. And Santa, Listen. Takes,
1: and Santa, and Santa <laughs> takes this money. And then they, but then they figure out, they find, so all this time, Santa's like, look, Prune, because Prune at one point denies ever being a kid.
0: Right. This is the right. whole
1: thing. It's like, you had to been a kid once. You had to love Santa one time. It's like, I was never a kid. <clears throat> and so Santa. She's definitely
0: afraid of kids too. Right. Him.
1: Santa sets his bookkeeper to look for the letter that Prune must have sent. And they have his real name and they're looking it up. And I'm thinking.
2: Apricot? Yes. Oh, <laughs> yes. Prune. Yeah.
1: Plum. <laughs> Uh, Plum. Um, and so, if, you know, <clears throat> last minute they find it and rush it down to Santa. But
0: like. we don't know that.
1: That's true. Right. That's true. Now we're getting because all the coins. And yeah. and
0: yeah, We pay we pay prune, like drop these two bags of pennies. And, <laughs> right. Right. And, and, and prune is so distraught. I love like Mrs. Claus mother is like, it's OK. You tried. <laughs> you know, tried to ruin Christmas. <laughs> like she just loves. She's like, no, I really I'm so sorry you're feeling this way. Uh-uh. Jonathan is like, oh, wait, right, don't forget, I have something for you. And they're like, throw it in the sleigh, Jonathan, and he does. And then that's it. Right. Yeah. And And so they go go off in in a montage to deliver presents.
1: But the thing is, is that I guess Mr. Mr. Prune's letter had gotten lost and never got to Santa.
0: Well, look, Prune sent a postcard. (laughs) Sure. (laughs) It should have worked. I mean. Right. But, look, Jonathan does not seem like the most organized bookkeeper around and that postcard fell behind his desk. <laughs> right. And he and, finally found it. And then he wrote a note to Prune apologizing, right? I hope you can forgive Santa. I will never forgive myself. Which is pretty touching. I, I mean, it really is. Right?
1: And so Santa gives Prune the gift that he always wanted. Uh it was which a schooner. It's a, a schooner. <laughs> Goddamn schooner. Uh, <laughs> a and a then schooner Prune, is a sailboat. Prune has a, a psychotic break. <laughs> <laughs> and goes outside and screams in the face of all the locals about how he can't believe that he's wasted, you know, wh- however many years of Christmas. Yeah. And and so everyone looks at him with a weird side eye. They, they, and then so and then that's and then, yes, they go on. And
0: then it's a Christmas carol.
1: And, <laughs> right. And then they do this really, really bizarre, like good three to four minute montage of just still photos of Santa standing around with Whipple and Mrs. Claus. <laughs> on rooftops Mm -hmm. and chimneys Mm -hmm. and like some of the pictures are not in focus oh no uh (laughs) they're
0: like double exposed
1: some of them are like just like with weird like some of them like it's where like whipple and santa are angry at one another and it is the most bizarre sequence to wrap up a film this whole film
0: is bizarre
1: the, yeah, of course, of okay. course. Yeah, we're playing like it's straight. This is no, the, this is, is definitely this is deep in live action 1960s. Like this is Kate Gordon shit. This
0: is the craziest. This movie. is a bug nuts fucking movie.
1: And it's not necessarily all that short either. Like it's not like it's not overly long. You know, it's like is, an hour
0: thirty five. Right, right, but
1: but it's also a musical. So there's musical numbers interspersed through this, which we have really haven't even touched on. Look, I was I said. Like, um <clears throat> The title song, The Christmas That Almost Wasn't, actually is a pretty banger. I love that song. I, every, I
0: have sung it every year at
1: Christmas time. Every day is Christmas. That song sucks. Yeah. But the but the, the Christmas That Almost Wasn't that is actually it a pretty good song. It's such a good song. <laughs> right. And such
0: and I love how they like stretch certain words to fit the, you know, the rhyme scheme and the in the in the the rhythm of it. So yeah, yes, it's just like, yeah. well that boy. I don't think Mary is actually that.
1: <laughs> that long of a word. Uh I a couple things. There was a, when they're lined up to go see Santa for the first time. They go through the kid. They go through the whole uh, progression of kids. One of the kids has a very distinct black eye. It's never explained. I was like, I don't know what the fuck's going on, <laughs> but that's creepy. I love this it. This kid just got a okay. random ass black eye. But,
0: but this movie is so dark. Oh yeah, it's and I crazy. just mean like, yeah, no, it's, it's everything's da- dark and gray, and everybody's like skin tone is dark and gray. It's like, yeah, this looks like
1: they all, all they're all chimney sweeps from like yeah. Mary Poppins esque England, right? Yeah, yeah. Oh
0: yeah. Yeah. I mean, Santa just looks like he's pulled an all nighter, <laughs> just <laughs> right, gone on a right. gone on a bender, and his eyes are just so droopy and black. Um. Yeah.
1: Yeah. Uh, the 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 elves are are horrifying as well. Jonathan's creepy looking. Yeah. I mean,
0: yeah. He looks like the kind of man who would hang around with elves all day. Right?
1: It, it's one of those like it's it, like there were a lot of like films like this that that get produced as kind of like cheapy you know kitty productions that yeah. that exist and so if you can go down this this rabbit hole of like all of them like santa claus conquers the Monk, hello <laughs> <Santa> <laughs> to, heard to her uh, i think i've seen that one <laughs> right santa claus conquers the Mar- martians the, the there was a, a mexican one called santa claus there's one called santa claus and the ice cream bunny yeah right right uh, right, right which right. is fucking
0: terrible <laughs>
1: uh it, it, you try to sit through that one um it, it it's it, I was going to suggest that one, and I'm glad that I didn't, uh, right? Because, yeah. yeah. <clears throat> I've seen it a couple times. I like, know. I've made my kids watch it. It's like, <laughs> and it was played at AG for one year. Um, there's the. It's funny because um, in the 35mm version of it, there's a whole sequence in the middle that's like Jack and the Beanstalk or another um, fairy tale. One of them is Jack and the Beanstalk, and one of them is one, one something <laughs> else. But, like, if you get the 35mm version, it's Jack and the Beanstalk. And if you get if you watch the one that's online, and they're all free because they're all public domain at right, this point. right. Um, The other one that's kind of fun is The Magic Christmas Tree, Mm. um, which is also shit. I mean, they're all terrible. But I think, again, we were talking about this last night, but like this one, weirdly, I think it gets undeserved hate. Oh, yeah. Like it's a 3.5 or something on IMDb. Look, Look, it's not good, but it's not like... It's not unwatchable. No. And, and I would imagine if you <clears throat> you had a group of friends
0: and watched this, this would be a lot of fun to watch. Oh yeah. yeah, yeah, You can just imagine sort of the comments that you're making right. the whole thing,
1: right? It, it, because <clears throat> it, there's a level of creepiness that that exists through all of this, and it exists through all of these. Like, I mean, look, the whole. I
0: Do you mean, through kid, Christmas,
1: kids. If you're home, turn this off. But if you're the, the whole idea of like this idea that Santa like watches you when, you sleep, when you're sleeping. and know when you're awake. Um, well, it you know. makes
0: sense that then Santa would actually eat kids <laughs>
1: right right uh so all of the, especially 60s stuff all had like a level of uh of just kind of just generic like unease and creepiness okay. to it and like they didn't really know how to take that staginess that that a lot of these productions had and then kind of tone it down for for film <laughs> <laughs> and again you're doing it such a uh, such on the cheap that that a, that a that a still picture montage to end your movie it made made sense right i mean and like again Badly taken pictures of that, at that, that,
0: point, <laughs> like horrible, like really bad. Um, and add in the like weird dubbing of sound mm-hmm. and the fact that I feel like half of them spoke Italian originally and then were dubbed in English, but then like Whipple spoke English, but the sound was off on that too. Right. So it's yeah. just none of it like works because this was directed by Prune. Oh, that's Prune. Uh huh. Okay. Prune okay. is is I know Rossano Brazzi. Yeah.
1: So he only did other three other movies yeah. Uh, yeah. or two other movies. Um. And yeah, I knew, but he acted in a bunch of stuff. Yeah. So I didn't. I did not recognize him. Uh, that as being as being Prune, which is yep. fun. I guess. Yep. I guess that, <laughs> <it's>
0: fun. <laughs> that's fun. And Trip came up with the story, and then I think gets credit as the writer too. Um. I guess Trip did a bunch of kid stuff like this. He did the story of tubby the tuba okay who's like, yeah yeah i mean right like in 42 or something or 45 right. i don't know but did a bunch of stuff like that and,
1: you know well. again this for a cheapo holiday film there's worse things you can do oh. this is not rankin and bass right but i mean right. But, right but but i would say that one it's you're i think one we would probably have to grade christmas movies on a, on a scale and especially for kids especially the ones that were pre-1980 or even then Mm. um they've all kind of had levels of of badness to them um but like i don't know this this seems like this is just in line with all the rest of them and like it's a like and, and as far as like entertainment goes and like plot and story this is heads and tails oh, above yeah. things like yeah. santa claus conquers of the March, martians right. i what the fuck i can't or <laughs> the ice just cream do the ice cream or, bunny, bunny <laughs> of the magic christmas tree i mean you know so um I think I've said enough about this movie. Yeah,
0: no, it's, 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 I mean, this was one that I watched as a kid because I think my mother watched it, you know, when she was of a certain age and so she, you know, she passed that on to me. So I blame her for my kind of (laughs) talking about, I talk about this film every year to just anybody who will listen and I sing that stupid song, but I love that song. Um, I'll plug it into this episode somewhere. (laughs) Yeah, I think I,
1: uh, just last thoughts. I wondered
0: wondered if Santa
1: and Prune returned the, the money to the kids at that point.
0: Oh, that's or Prune a just kept it.
1: And then, like, for all of Prune's, like, bad habits and evilness, he really kind of comes out <clears throat> unscathed. I mean, like like yeah. I said, he has a kind of an emotional break, but, like, outside of that, really... I, well, and that was the thing. Like, I think Prune's reaction was an overreaction to not getting the schooner uh as a kid to, well, like, try to ruin it for everyone. Right, right. And then to spend what would be what we could you could estimate as untold millions on on a department store that was successful during the height of Christmas it's not going to be and, and then and then land in it, this he turned out successful in spite of not getting a schooner um I think it may be, I think there's more than just an apology that that's owed to to Santa and Mrs. Yeah, Claus well, and to well, Mother.
0: I think I think this film has a dark underbelly of capitalism written all over it, Jason. <laughs> right, right, and I think
1: that may be what Prune was trying to tell us all along: all along. is that Santa is a little too socialistic in a just giving things in a, away In a, a capital. Well, not only that, I think that. You know, in in a society in a late stage capitalistic society that we we live in now, we shouldn't be asking. Like Santa should be turning around and saying, "Hey, look, your mom and dad should work harder for the things that you want and put in more hours, yeah. and then be able to buy them." Because Santa's, you know, that's what Santa does is he's more of a a Christmas influencer at this point. Yes, and like is keeping that alive, he's but do,
0: doing it for the green.
1: Always <laughs> doing it for the green. He's got paid partnerships right, right. to
0: work through, <laughs> and also like if we're all special enough to get presents, then anybody right, really special uh, enough to get presents.
1: That's a good point. Yeah, And I think they we think that we can, yeah, that's, that's probably a good point to end on. Yeah,
0: good. Let's talk about speaking of special, let's talk about <laughs> reindeer games. <laughs> no, no! Fuck that! Nick doesn't do anything until Nick gets something for Nick. Got it? I want some hot chocolate. You want to hear about some job of mine? I want to see some goddamn hot chocolate. And some pecan fucking pie. <laughs> uh, alright, alright So, after assuming his dead cellmate's identity To get with the other man's girlfriend An ex-convict An ex-convict finds himself A reluctant participant in a casino heist The Tomahawk <laughs> um, uh, Can I just say this, Riffus? What yeah. the fuck is this movie?
1: Yeah, yeah. This, th-
0: Look, this should have been good, right? It should have it been, been, been good. It's got Gary Sinise Charlize Theron Ben Affleck Danny Trejo, Donald Logue, yeah. right? As a kind of stewish character, whatever. If you get that reference, I know you do. <laughs> yeah. right? um, Clarence Williams the Third, Who's great. Who's great, <laughs> right? Directed by Frankenheimer. Like, why wasn't this Ronin in the Michigan UP?
1: Yeah, I, mean, I don't. <sighs> well, and so there's, like I said, we, there's two versions of this. One is two hours and four minutes long, and then there's one that's an hour and 45 minutes long. What's crazy to me Is that one? It tests poorly, right? And so they go out and they cut a bunch of stuff. They cut well, but that's that's the thing, though. And so they cut a few things, and then the studio kind of really weirdly like butchers it. Not that they, not that the director's cut is great, right? But like, it's so like normally you would see like big chunks, right? Like if if I told you twenty minutes was cut out of this movie, you're thinking, okay, well then there's a whole sequence that we don't get anymore. Yeah, this is reindeer game redux right i mean like there's something that's that they they pulled out um and all they really did is they they just chopped it to speed up they they cut out character development so
0: they trim some stuff
1: that's at a lot of different points they trim some stuff and then and they were like let's get to the action and this really wasn't an this was a heist movie this was not really an action film like really the only action that occurs is they try to ramp up like some of the car chases the
0: chases yeah but
1: but the only action that really occurs is the shootout at the casino right, right. and so this kind of crescendos into a pseudo reservoir dogs kind of like a, a violent ending um but it really wasn't that the entire time and it, it feels like all of the actors are game i mean like right affleck is the wrong absolutely the wrong choice yes. here yes. and i think that if you do it with somebody else who can play it with a little bit more nuance and can play those emotional, mm-hmm. like, here's the thing. I don't ever believe that Affleck is, especially in the non-director cut version, in the theatrical version, I don't ever believe that Affleck is is scheming enough or, canig- or smart no. enough or no. conniving enough to be able to pull one over on any of these guys. Mm-mm. And so that does come through a little bit better. Like, you know how you have the disjointed voiceover? Like yeah. The, so like, there's a, yeah. mid, there's a mid-movie voiceover. And then there's an end voiceover.
0: Well, and there's a beginning. Yeah. I but, can't believe it. Let me tell you how I got here. Right. Yeah, <laughs> yeah.
1: There's, that, there's more of a voiceover. There's more of an inner monologue okay. that goes through in okay. the director's cut. Right. Um, outside of that, it's just bits and pieces.
0: But do you think voiceovers work that often?
1: And no, I think people see too much Scorsese and think that that uh, that it's something that's necessary. No, yeah. this did not. Yeah. Look, I, there wasn't anything that was going on in Ben Affleck's head that we needed to know about, right? I mean, <laughs> right, like, right, right. And like, so yeah, the voiceover here was, <clears> and <throat> especially because you know you don't get it for so long, and the theatrical guy pops, pops up pops up again, and you're like, like when he's in the truck and he's like expo- like well, okay, we get it, we get what he's like, that, where he's yeah. at, and like it's just a matter of like, what the fuck yeah. are you trying to tell? It's me not
0: here? that complicated, either. <laughs> right? I mean, and yeah,
1: exactly. This plot is by the fucking numbers right and
0: it's like the it 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 tries to throw a couple twists in there and you're like oh gosh never would have thought that (laughs) look yeah um (laughs) so i mean none of them are that like right shocking that reveals
1: this movie look you're absolutely right this movie (laughs) should be fun because here's what we here is the basic premise is that santa claus was manipulating rudolph the entire yes, time. true.
0: Yes. And so yes. that is a yes. great
1: yes. fucking mean point. Yeah. Is that Rudolph the red Nose reindeer was not the story we were told. Well, the story that we actually, there actually was, is that Santa Claus saw this outcast uh reindeer and news. said, look, and then, and then realized, and like, and, and probably made sure that all of the other reindeers laughed and called him names. Mm-hmm. And then because when Santa needed him on a suicide mission on a foggy night to guide his sleigh during like, yeah, he, yeah, then, then he manipulated Rudolph into joining the sleigh on a night that they probably wouldn't have made it anyway. Right. And so Rudolph is this fucking, you know, he, you know, he's the sacrificial lamb
0: who that just happened a, to make it through. That is a yeah. cool that is, twist yeah. on this story. Yeah. Yep. and. So his cellmate's name is Nick. Right. And right? He, and, and his Affleck's name is, is Rudy.
1: <laughs> yep. <clears throat> you ever listen to Why Does This uh, How Did This Get Made? That podcast with Oh yeah, uh, yeah, 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 yeah. They yeah. they do this, and then oh. when when Jason Mendoza realizes that Rudy is Rudolph, he fucking loses his mind. <laughs> and I love Jason because he's <laughs> yeah, so great. He's good. Uh, but yeah, he's just like he, he like his head just almost explodes. explodes. Yeah.
0: I'm gonna have to go back and listen to yeah, that.
1: That's great. <laughs> um but yes, this movie should be so much more fun, even with the meanness and the violence. Like, so evidently the, the, the dart scene didn't test all that well. Like mm. they were like worried about the, um, you know, the, the, the people were turned off by the, the violence of it or the cruelty of it. Although I think it was really like when you watch it the next time he gets like four more darts stuck in him and then you see him pull his shirt off and like, like try to like heal himself a little bit. Mm. With, like the, it, I, one, I, I'm gonna, Maybe I'm being like braggadocious here, but can't imagine. Like he just fallen in a lake of uh, an ice right. lake. Like right. he wouldn't be feeling the darts that go into uh, his chest anyway. And like, this wouldn't be that painful.
0: I was gonna say. I mean, they're. Yeah, they're it's not, a weird scene. Like, it,
1: like if they hit him in the face, which I understand you're not gonna do that, but if they hit him in the face where like for the first time, where they're trying to aim for him, that's one thing. But just in the chest, like but, the fatty part of your chest, well, like, right? your peck I mean, like and your
0: sure it's gonna hurt sure. but but it's not gonna like screaming hurt well and then to look like he's half dead after that <laughs> right. was the thing i'm like why like is he because i thought that too much like, so and like... like oh my god he's like shaking on the bed and he's like i'm like lost like, blood like two and... darts i know yeah that uh, was weird
1: yeah but like that's the problem i think the problem this the problem with this film is that all Lies on Affleck's shoulders, and Affleck can't pull this off. Like we were um, talking about
0: earlier, you know, had
1: you taken Nick and and switched, you know, him into that role, uh, I don't think you need a huge name for this movie. Um, but you could have gone with a more of a tried and true action star. Um, this this movie just has weirdness all over it. Like it just doesn't like it. It's shot oddly. Like it's it, there's a lot of like like really. Close-up angles and like
0: yeah, like those weird like Dutch angles. That, I mean, does Frankenheimer like, did he do that in Ronin a little bit? A little but, bit, but but yeah. not. I'm trying to think of yeah, but it's almost like almost almost like De Palma angles, right? You know right, I mean? yeah.
1: Um, and then like the sex scene between Theron and Athlet was almost like it wasn't. I read about it. It was because it's so weirdly shot. Yeah, like there's a sequence where like you're seeing like they're pulling. <laughs> Apologies, but they're, they're he's athletes pulling Charlie's Theron's pants off and like you're getting this weird like awkward shot of her butt, like like for a, a long take like this is not a sexy sexy sex yeah. scene at all No, and then and then you just but so what Frankenheimer did was like they didn't script it They just let Affleck and Theron do what they do and they had two cameramen in the room And they said just follow them around just just follow them which one why yeah, like and I know this is 2000. This is not today where we have, you know, people on set to make sure everyone's comfortable. And I'm right. not saying that right. Charlize was uncomfortable in this or anything. No, but that I'm just not.
0: seems like a weird way but to like, film yeah. that.
1: Why wouldn't you just, okay, all right, we're going to move to this shot. We're going to move to this shot of of you kissing this, this and bed. that and the other. Right. Right? Right. And we're going to do this very methodically. And Because like, now there's like these weird sequences of now they've got to improvise a sex scene together, but not actually having sex. And it's just this weird like now yeah. like like especially for Theron in that particular role like w- maybe they maybe she talked about it with Ben beforehand but i mean if you've got to like figure out okay now i'm going to go do this and like it just seems weird that that the main director wouldn't have said okay here's what we want out of this scene we want a couple of ups tops and we want a couple of down bottoms and we want a couple of thrusts here and a handhold here <laughs> and a lick there and then we're done and then we're good we got the <clears> shots right I mean, like, make it as as reciped as you know, and as sure. unsexy sure. as you possibly can to get the sexy scenes out of the way. Um, it also seems like a weird time. <clears throat> like, like Theron seems like in this part in her career, this is what's been given to her. Mm-hmm. Right? Mm-hmm. She has been given this these roles of where she will disrobe and show a lot and being kind of uncomfortable. She does the same thing in The Devil's Advocate and like, yeah. there's a couple other movies where she's just um kind of there for and she's actually pretty good in this Mm -hmm. like i mean she can carry the weight of being a manipulative girlfriend but also you know appearing like you don't really know her um you know uh her intentions the entire time um but and i think sinise is a lot of fun in this i think clarence williams is awesome clarence williams is
0: having a great time in this movie he has a great time in everything he's in (laughs) yeah i mean I don't think Trejo
1: is enjoying himself. I don't think that um, I don't think that Stubblefield actually knows that he's in a movie. Uh, and I don't think that Donald Logue is is really like I think you're you know who's supposed to you know who was in that role before no. Donald Logue?
0: Oh um uh yeah, Vin Diesel. Vinny D, yeah. Yeah, yeah, Ben Diesel. But they got there were like creative differences. Right. Well at, of that, course at there, that point look there wasn't enough emphasis on family. <laughs>
1: <laughs> at that point, Diesel would have been a legit star. Like, he'd already been in, in, in Pitch Black. He would have already been... Like, so this would have been, like, right at the cusp of, like,
0: him being... Because then, like, Fast and the Furious yeah, is coming yeah. soon. Yeah. So, I mean,
1: like, it's weird for... and Like, he would have
0: already done Save Your Private Ryan. So, I mean, like, at this oh, point... He, when did Fast and the Furious come out? Because this was 2000. Would he have... I uh, I, I don't... It was right around there, anyway. Yeah, go. well, maybe... Yeah, I could be wrong. I, th- I
1: thought Pitch Black was 99, but I could be wrong about that. Um, But either way, yeah, this is right yeah. at the beginning of it. Um, And this would have been something like... Where like Vin Diesel
0: tells Pitch Spiel- Black was two thousand.
1: Sorry. Okay. So Vin Diesel tells Spielberg that he's not, you know, uh, taking his shirt off or taking, you know, because <laughs> he only shows his arms in Vin Diesel movies that, that for, for that. You right. know, so like right. at this point, like he's got a big enough head where I, I can't imagine you putting him in that role and not putting him in the right. Gary Sinise part right. and not the right. Donald Logue part. <clears throat> the Donald Logan part's such a non part. Um, he's like
0: barely in it. Right. I mean Yeah.
1: And maybe his part was beefed up. But, I mean, even if even it beefed up, how beefed up could you? You're still a fourth uh, Bill. What does he have, best. like
0: three lines of dialogue? Yeah. I mean, yeah, really, yeah. it's...
1: it's. And, I mean, really, probably a fifth Bill after you talk about Dennis Farina. I mean, so, like... I
0: love Dennis Farina. Farina's I, great. See, that's the he's thing. He's so that
1: good. He's having a ball in this movie, too. So, yes, this should be a lot a lot better of a movie. Yeah. And it's just... I don't know why it falls so flat, other than, like, when you just, you just don't believe Affleck yeah and like because I mean like the, the when we opened the podcast with I'm, I want some fucking <laughs> hot chocolate and some goddamn pecan <clears throat> pie but Affleck has so many moments like that in his career where he can't deliver mm-hmm. a line without talking like that there's a especially in like Kevin Smith movies where oh, yeah, there's like okay. one of them like where he's like why can't it be my time lord kind of thing when he's talking about Jay and, and Silent Bob and like it, it, there's just so many of those that if you don't rein him in and you don't retake that to tell him to do it a different way. That's how he's going to do it every single time. Yeah. There's so many moments like that that just, that just suck and they just suck you right out of the movie. And then again, you're supposed to believe all of these things that he is and that he isn't. And again, the, the reveals come walking down right, main street, right, right. right? I mean, like you, you know that this, you know that he's being set up from the jump. Oh street. yeah. I and mean, you, yeah, you yeah, know yeah. that there's going to be a double cross down the road. It's just at it's, least one. I mean, right, right. Um, yeah, it's just it's just not as it's it's, it's just not as much fun. It's also the it has the weird Ashton Kutcher cameo in it. Um, he's the kid who puts on the coat. Oh my God, really? Yeah.
0: Oh, I didn't catch that. No wonder I was <laughs> well, like see, so happy when and, they beat him up. In
1: the director's cut, you see him in the casino, like like Affleck clocks him and then watches yeah. him walk into the yeah. bathroom, right? And then um, wait,
0: is that not in the theatrical? So no. then I did watch the director's okay. cut.
1: Okay. Okay. I Maybe still fucking did. hate this movie. It's not good. It's not good.
0: Um, But yeah,
1: this this I I don't know what to compare it to or what it should be like. But it's but it's you're you're given all of these juicy character actors who are game for the role. They're they're playing it to the rafters. But each time you you you're centering your movie around this goes. This is like paycheck to me. Like and and actually paycheck actually works a little bit better than this um, because Affleck's not quite. He still kind of plays that that boob the entire time where he's like kind of trying to figure stuff out. Um but th- these, there's these action films that like he just can't quite pull off. And um and, and it's yeah, you every time you come back to him, you're wanting, well shit, I want to go someplace else. Right. Um
0: when it's like I mean, you know, in in, in these films, he has that smirk on his face the entire time, which you're going, okay. You have to know what's, you're really not sort of selling this kind of, you know, boob role or. Right. Right, that that, that you're not in on the joke, right, with us the whole time. Right. right. You, but need, it,
1: you need someone, I mean, like, like I said, yeah, you need to take him out of the role altogether. Yeah. Because if you like, you've even put like Sinise in this role, like, I mean, like, he would have been able to pull it off. I mean, shit, Donald Lowe would have been able to, oh, yeah. would have been great in, yeah. that, in that particular yeah. position. Um, But you're trying to, you're trying to put it around a star. Uh, at least at the time. And then, um,
0: yeah, it just. But I mean, a movie like The Town, and I said this before, right? But a movie like The Town, where he is at the middle of it, right? He's nominally the, the star of the movie, but he kind of gets out of the way. Right. Right. Yeah. He just, his face is blank the entire time, right? Great. But like Renner gets to act and John Hamm gets to do John Hamm things. and And, you know, like I said, Blake Lively does what she does. But <laughs> I mean, even, you know, Rebecca Hall. Um, right. Is in there and doing better work, but you know, yeah, that's a moment where he just—I mean, he has his thing.
1: Well, and I, I'm not—I'm not even going to say that he's not good in dramatic roles. I I well, right. I think, right, I think
0: right. We're, we're, this is
1: asking him to do too much of the load lifting, and he's yeah. just not—he's just not up with the task. Um, one of the things that stood out to me was like, is big rig driving as tough as Gary Sinise makes it out? And that's like driving a million miles, and he goes, "Got to drive a thousand more by sundown. If we don't do it, the crew don't eat." I sign up. I'm like, is there really like? Sure
0: that that's how that like, (laughs) right? Is it
1: it that hard of a job?
0: (laughs) I don't know. I guess I don't know many big rig drivers who have a crew with them. Right. I didn't driving. really understand that either. I know.
1: Yeah. I know. <laughs> like, none of that, this is all very Cassavetes esque. None of that's ever really explained well, like what these guys <laughs> well, actually do.
0: The difference is, I feel like in a lot of Cassavetes <laughs> stuff, you're okay letting that go. <laughs> right. You're like, you know what? There's enough other stuff going on that I understand that that's fine. Right. Where this, you're like, Wait, this is actually kind of like integral to the plot. So, like, maybe you should.
1: Right. I, I, a lot of these people took this job to work with, with Frankenheimer. Right. Which is the only way to explain the cameos like Isaac Hayes is in this right. in a bizarre right. role right. at the beginning um, I don't know why they picked Stubblefield other than he's just a gigantic human being. I mean yeah. like um, But in the Michael Clark Duncan hadn't hit yet. So like he right. Works, right so there wasn't that you know Hulk that existed um <laughs> And but yeah, then Ashton Kutcher like Ashton Kutcher would have been in that '70s show for two years at this oh, point. right, yeah. Like yeah. he's does uh, dude wears my car this exact same year, so he's enough of a recognizable name not to just like be a I'm gonna pee myself in the bathroom kind of guy. Uh, <laughs> and and so let me let me ask you this: there's, yeah. there's a distinct like in your version, does Love Roller Coaster play over the um the the the, ban- the casino heist? Because that's the way to know if it's the theatrical version or the non theatrical version. Because Love Roller Coaster gets cut in the director's cut. Oh. He must have watched the director's cut. Okay. There. Yeah. <laughs> okay. Well, there's another version too. Like when, well, did you see Athletic get hit with four darts in his back? No. Okay. Then you watched the theatrical Okay. Part. So weird there's...
0: though. They're like, okay. <clears throat> <laughs> No, he got hit like in the chest and the arm. Right. That yeah. was what I, yeah. yeah. So in Unless the, in, I like fast forward, it, it could have been I was been just that, like, yeah, oh my God. just fell asleep. I just like, am, am done with this film. <laughs> I love that like Charlie Theron, I think this was in 2007, said, this is the worst film I've ever done. But right. I wanted to work with Frank. Like I wanted to work with Frank right. Uh Is that true? Is this the worst film that she's ever done? I don't, that to, I don't done? know. That's what she said. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, yeah, I don't want to discount yeah. her, her thoughts I mean, and
1: feelings on this. But she this was
0: in The Astronaut's White. Yeah. And Mighty Joe Young. Ooh, <laughs> ooh, and celebrity. So, yeah, no. I can celebrity, um, but
1: that but but celebrity, she would have just been a cameo at that point. Yeah, yeah I think she, she was, was a like, model. Yeah.
0: yeah. Um, um, well, no, I mean she was. I mean she was in you know two days in the valley and The Devil's Advocate before Celebrity. So, I mean, but, I mean, yes, yeah, she still would have been just like a cameo in Celebrity, but she was but, but, bigger but, but than that. But that, that was, yeah. but
1: Celebrity, no, 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 but that's, so Celebrity was all about cameos. No. I mean, so like
0: DiCaprio's in yeah. Celebrity. And no, like... I, I know. <laughs> I understand. <laughs> I mean, I know she's But a you star. were sort of like dismissing her.
1: No, I just dismissed her role in it because I knew that's what, it would have been a small, like she wasn't mm-hmm. a But main she was part still in of... it.
0: Right, right. And it's still a shitty film. <laughs> yes, it is.
1: That was my sure, only, I'm not that sure that was, what we're arguing about. That was my only
0: point. I know. <laughs> God. <laughs> okay. Right. I guess, okay. My, my Let point, it go, my
1: point is, is that it's okay to be in a shitty movie if you're only in it for a few oh, minutes. Oh, okay. 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 Right. See, so, that's not what I was. <laughs> like, I wouldn't consider celebrity as Charlize Theron.
0: <laughs> I understand. Show. She's like, well, she, she's not really in it. Right. right. Like, so this has to I be like a concern. Charlize Theron vehicle?
1: Or, or at least a, at least she has to be in the top 10 bill.
0: Okay. I, don't, I don't consider okay.
1: Reindeer Games an Ashton Kutcher or an Isaac Hayes vehicle. Like, that's not, like, if you're telling me the Whoa. worst movie that I has okay. been in, it's
0: not, okay. it's not okay. Reindeer Games, okay.
1: because that's not really his film.
0: Okay. Okay. Fucking fair <laughs> enough. Right. <rare> <laughs> she would do The Yards right after this. Yeah, okay. Um, nice, nice, you nice, know what? You know nice, what? Like, nice look, look, film. look. You need to leave James Gray alone. <laughs> well, well I, he's left I, us all I, time,
1: so it's fine. <laughs> I, 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 look, look. I might be able to revisit those and and, and come around. I don't know. Ooh. Listeners, they are all Listeners. solid six and a halves. Oh my god! Like if I'm beautiful girling. No, that was seven and a half. I know, but these, but these are all good solid six and a halves.
0: Sounds nice. <laughs> <That's it>. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Anything else you want to say about these films or Ranger Games or no, I mean any I mean, any I don't know, any last look. Any parting shots at my love of James Gray.
1: Watch The Silent Partner. Um Oh yeah. Yeah.
0: It's a good it's so, it's
1: watch so good. Watch Rare Art Sports. Watch the Christmas an almost ones. You got kids, watch the Christmas an almost ones. I yeah. guarantee kids will like
0: this. Movie oh yeah. Yeah. They <laughs> may be bored
1: by it. I, I, I don't know. These the kids, you know, 2023 kids may be bored by
0: Avengers You stopped yourself from saying kids these days. Kids these days might <laughs> kids be bored these by days. it. Uh, uh I don't know. Uh, um, well, yeah, I mean for, for part two of our extravaganza, we will we'll be back shortly to exchange gifts <laughs> and, and and I think we might try to squeeze in one Hartley film. I don't know. We'll see if we have time. I don't want to make any promises and ruin your Christmas. I don't want to give
1: well, Hartley a, a short. short yeah,
0: I don't. One. I don't either. That's true. So you know what? Never mind. We're just going to stick with with the Christmas presents. Um,
1: <laughs> I know that everyone's on pins and needles waiting for us to get back to Hal Hartley, uh, yeah. but and which I, I actually am. Um,
0: but uh, I, I I so want to talk surviving desire. <laughs> did you Did you find a place to find, see it? It's okay. on. It's on Criterion. Too. Okay. Okay. Good. Okay, yeah, cool, cool. Cool. Yeah. So um, it's on because like. Like, everything of his is on Criterion right now. Oh, nice. So I don't know how long it'll stay there, but, um, yeah, yeah, it's, yeah, I really want to talk about that one. Um, and the, like, weird dance, I just, oh, and Simpleman is so fucking, anyway. You're getting ahead of yourself. I know, I know. Um, you got those the are,
1: skeleton of cadaver uh,
0: you're, right, you're right, you're right, you're right, you're right. And a reason to believe. <laughs> um, and Look. we'll talk two French feel-good movies <laughs>
1: uh yeah mine are decidedly not that um but
0: uh yeah so yeah this will be full, fun will be good. um so merry christmas until then you have something to look forward to and uh you know thanks for listening keep on screaming was a christmas that almost wasn't because of a man named Perun. Now Brune was a man who Jolly wasn't Sweet
1: was You have been listening Mary to Why Does the Wilhelm Scream With your host, Brock and Jason If you liked today's episode Do us a favor and rate, review, and subscribe In whatever application you use To consume podcasts these days You can reach us by visiting Screen.com. If you are in the DFW area We would love to see you at a Fort Worth Film Club event You can learn more about those And find a full schedule At FortWorthFilmClub.com And you can learn about my foundation And how we are trying to foster The next generation of film lovers at realhousefoundation.org. That's R-E-E-L HouseFoundation.org. Till next time.